I am a mythical Pandora, sent here to judge the universe. Do you have any idea what the weapon is? It could very well be a planet killer. I would really like to go on this mission, Admiral. Imagine having the power to annihilate entire worlds, and even the stars themselves. Humanity is worth saving. What have you done? Pandora. New episodes premiere October 4th, free next day, only on the CW app. I'm a mythical Pandora. Sent here to judge the universe. Do you have any idea what the weapon is? It could very well be a planet killer. I would really like to go on this mission, Admiral. Imagine having the power to annihilate entire worlds, and even the stars themselves. Humanity is worth saving. What have you done? Pandora. New episodes premiere October 4th, free next day, only on the CW app. New episodes of Pandora premiere every Sunday at 8 p.m. on the CW in the U.S. And you can watch it anytime on the CW app. Season 1 is now streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Welcome back to Unboxing Pandora, the podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look into the hit CW show, Pandora. My name is Peter Holmstrom. I'll be your host today as we do a podcast commentary for episode five of season two. With me here today, I have two amazing guests, kind of the, the A-team of the show, I would say. Um, first up, he's a co-writer I love show. it when a plan comes together, Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he's co-writer on the show, EP on Pandora. Uh, as well as having written for a season of NCIS that I actually watched. Uh, Steve Krasier. Steve, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I mean, I didn't think I'd make it after the last podcast, but thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, and then on his right or on his left, I'm not sure. It's all digital. Uh, he's the showrunner of the show, executive producer, and co-writer of the episode, Mark A. Altman. Hello. I'm so glad this is my first uh, podcast this season with Steve. Which really, we should right. be doing them all together, but you know, it's like finally reunited. Uh, we're so teamed up. Here we are, the middle yeah. of the season, so this is a good time to get get us together. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing about this show, about this episode in particular, I I remember its genesis very vividly. We were sitting in a mix last season, and Steve, we were talking about. I think I don't even know if we were picked up yet. We we might not even been picked up. I think we we were wondering like if we were picked up what we do and one of the first things steve said is we're going to do a space gladiator story i'm like <laughs> "Ooh, that sounds good he's like yeah we got to do a space gladiator story and we had no idea exactly what it would be but the idea was we were doing a space gladiator and 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 sure enough that that was the first idea of season two i think and uh here it is so <laughs> i think at the same time that, i also pitched, a, uh, we, pitched uh, space trucker which we'll talk about you did a couple that weeks. was a Different sound mix, though. It wasn't the same time. Oh, like, I mean, okay. you know, you're sitting around, screwing around with the sound and mixing and, you know, stuff. And it's very long days. I mean, you know, eight, ten hour days, depending. And, you know, uh, a lot of it can be very painstaking and exhausting work and a lot of downtime when the engineer is changing things and mixing. And uh, so we sit there and we, we, we BS. And, and uh, yeah, both those ideas came out of, uh, came out of sound mixes. Amazing. That's where the creativity happens, people. Um, all right. So yeah, that's where the yeah, because it's the only time we're sitting around with nothing to do. So, <laughs> so 
So we are doing a podcast commentary for episode five, as I said. Now, listeners, uh, as always, we are watching an ad-free version of the show. So if you are watching it on CW app, um, you'll need to pause the podcast every time uh, the ads pop up. Or you can buy it on Amazon or iTunes and uh, watch it along with us. Um, all right, guys. So we'll do the customary countdown, three, two, one, and then I'll say play and we'll play press play at the same time. On a night like this, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, on. and play. Yeah, so this is another episode directed by the uh, great uh, uh, Bria Grant. And the reason I hesitate is I always misspeak when I tell her name. You know, sometimes <laughs> I say it's uh, Brea, but it's really Bria. Mm. And it's, you got to try and remember her, how to pronounce her name. She was just... I just remember, I just remember she's not, she's not like the street in Los she's Angeles. She's not like the, the street... <laughs> He's like the uh, the brie, like when you're you're eating a fancy meal and you're having brie. So that's how I remember it. She is an absolute. Uh, she came through with just two fantastic episodes, and she's so good on set and such a great actress director. And you know, look, I never compliment somebody unless I mean it, and so I truly just think she is um, the bee's knees, as they used to say. Uh, she <laughs> did a great job. And this this arena, this two very is, two very two very different episodes. Yeah, two very different episodes. And I think she that was one of the things she loved about it. A lot of action, and this was like a ton of action. Um, but yeah, coming up with that arena was really difficult because um, originally we had something in mind on the lot that unfortunately went away. We, we Steve and I had been planning it from the beginning to shoot at a certain location. It was actually a, a, a lottery stage that we'd used for Las Venus last season. And um, unfortunately, the lottery and, and Sophia had ended, so the stage was gone. So mm. we couldn't use that. Then we were looking at uh, locations for like an old, you know, gladiator arena, but that just seemed so tacky. And, and especially with the pandemic, it didn't seem really reasonable for us to go there. So we built this and it was mostly the idea of our DP, Schmiggy, who uh, came up with the idea of building this lighting grid. And then it was Chris Ledoux who had the idea of these sort of glowing neon things. And it's funny because I'm always trying to avoid it looking too Buck Rogers, you know, <laughs> um, which is a product of, you know, Sort of, you know, but in the lean into that because everything about Las Venus should be tacky, just like the real Las the exterior, Venus. The exterior, the exterior of that <laughs> dorm room looked familiar. Yeah, exactly. That was right outside the, uh, the producer's apartments. Hmm. So, of uh, our courtyard outside, we did a bunch of second unit photography there. Um. And this is great because this is the beginning of an arc where we're going to get to see, you know, sort of Xander and Jet uh, work closely together, which is a very unlikely duo. Mm -hmm. um, but they're just terrific together. And I remember when we were shooting this scene, Steve, you know, who worked on NCIS and a lot of procedurals like Castle, you know, was like, oh, this is the most procedural we've ever gotten on this show. And so uh, Oliver used to call it uh, Space Spies, the show. So then they started going, space dicks, you know, detectives, space detectives. So, and they started singing space dicks. And Steve said, oh, yeah, we got a whole show for you now. We're going to do space dicks. It's going to be about these two solving crimes in the universe. <laughs> but this is, um, this is a really fun because um, uh, there's a wonderful uh, other story involving Jax, uh, you'll see, um, that came out of our original writer's room. And uh, Susan Estelle Jansen was a real find for us this season. Uh, she wrote 204 and 
also did some work on on this episode with Steve and I. And uh, she's she's terrific. She's she worked on a bunch of shows in the past. She's um, really smart uh, writer, really funny, and 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 was a real great addition to the show this year. And here, uh, there's our we, office back. next had, door, yeah. Steve. If you if you walked past this office, it would be Steve's office and my office. Right. This then, is probably the most bland room on the entire floor. It was transformed into an yeah, amazing this is that shitty conference room where I banged my head on the floor. I was uh, we were in the conference room and I pushed back on my chair and the whole chair tumbled and I smashed my head on the cement floor. So uh, and had a concussion for a couple of days. So it can be very dangerous making. We end up using this a lot. Is this the how many? This well, is the what second happened time was after we shot it, a lot of this was rentals, and our line producer came to me and said. You know, look, we got to return a lot of this stuff unless you think you're going to use it again. And I said, I love the set, so let's keep the rentals, and I'll just change a bunch of scenes to put it in Charles' office, and because it worked really well for us. And then we ended up, you know, in in a bunch of episodes, you know, ended up using Charles' office instead of right, other come locations. Because I think so it was in, four, in four and five, four and five was the introduction to this office. Yeah. No, we we introduced the office in um in two in episode. Two, mm-hmm. but then we kept using it this was another one where it wasn't going to be the office i think it was going to be uh i think it was going to be the graveyard um which we ended up not using in this episode and and you know it was also always tough like where do you have her meet shrall and so it, it was great to have this office which we just love you know because some of the stuff is he did have an office he did have an office last which we, from a deleted recently. scene we shot at Sophia University, which is a really cool scene, but it was at the end of the pilot and we just didn't have the real estate for it. And we, we cut the scene and um, it's unfortunate. Now this actress who plays um, Princess Aleka is a woman named Elizabeth Hammerton. Um, and it was a combination. There were so many good people. And so Steve and I and Brea, um, Brea <laughs> were, um, you know, trying to, you know, decide. And we ended up with, oh, I love this. This is my favorite. That's great. So, uh, but um, we were trying to decide on the actress. So we all agreed. She was sort of a consensus on Elizabeth Hamilton. And she was just great. She really creates this one. She's done a lot of theater. And she really creates this character in the civilization of the Sumi at a whole cloth. So we're very grateful to her. And I, I, I think she's a really great addition to the show. And originally, and Jax, Jax's mission was she was supposed to go to another planet to meet her. But yeah, now she's going to be there. We're going to go to Euphoria 3, which was going to be another Euphoria resort. Originally, we were going to shoot in Greece. And then it ended up uh, becoming, well, maybe we'll go to the Black Sea. And then because of COVID, now she comes to campus instead. <laughs> so it AKA went from being this big, beautiful. Interesting thing about. Aleka's wig is I saw John Kim in LA before he left for Bulgaria and he was asked to bring some stuff with him to uh, Sophia. One of the things he was asked to bring was Aleka's yeah, wig. Yeah, it was so funny. So I thought that'd be funny if you... Because we didn't want it to get so caught kind of up funny in if customs. He was stopped, if he was stopped and if he got caught in customs, be like, hey, try and explain this. Yeah. He well, had a wig and he had a John bunch Kim of hair and makeup stuff. He was like the courier. <laughs> 
The only thing there he is, he's in this, he's in this episode. Weapon. He's in this episode. He's back. Oh, and, and having John Kim back was such a delight. Everyone loves John. It's impossible not to love John. So having him on set, and he came early uh, because he was shadowing art directors um, for a potential directing slot uh, in the future. And um, he, he uh, it's just so great, his energy. And then finally getting him on set in this episode, he's just wonderful. And it's a different Greg Lee than we've seen because of course he's hot and so, you know, he's a little more edgy and um, it's not quite the lovable, affable Greg Lee that we've seen in the past. And I think he loved the opportunity to play a character so different than he's played in the past because he's so inherently likable. He, he very rarely plays anybody who has an edge to him. This is a great set. This is something we call on the back lot called the Quonset hut, which we used in 112 on Zatar for Raylan's uh, fighting training sequence, but this has been trans transformed into a bar on Las Venus. Yeah, and I love these, um, you know, I love these extras. I will say, you know, look, there's the pros and cons to shooting where we shoot in Sofia and Europe, but um, one thing we don't have a problem with is, is having these extras who are grizzled and have these lived-in faces. One of my problems, I was, I was watching The Mandalorian the other day, which I love, don't get me wrong, but all the extras... Like in I thought this, the exact same thing. They, they're these desert dwellers who live out in, on Tatooine. And back in the day, like, you know, when you were shooting Star Wars, their faces would all tell a story, mm -hmm. like these great character actors in, you know, 40s movies and stuff. But now everyone looks so millennial and just <laughs> like they've never, like, you know, left a nail salon and, you know, looks just so – there's nothing weathered about them. There's nothing yeah. grizzled. And, and, and it's like, it, to me, it breaks the illusion of like, this, this is a hard life on Tatooine, <laughs> you know? And, and they all look like they just, you know, uh, rolled out of uh, San Rafael or whatever and, and, and you know, finished uh, coding that morning. But uh, <laughs> the one thing we get in, in Europe is we really get these extras who like look like they've lived a life. Like mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a story in their faces. And you'll see in this episode, especially in the next episode, you know, we, we definitely don't have extras that looks like they come out of central casting. Mm -hmm. And even, even the guy we got for Judson, the bellhop, not a, originally from Sofia, but his face tells you a lot. I just, we laughed that these guys are the, the, the fighters though. <laughs> they, they've been, they, they haven't missed a buffet. Clearly they have buffets in Las Venus. <laughs> All you can eat buffet, <laughs> but uh, and then we we always joke about Dolph Lundgren there, the bartender in the background. It's like we we got our own version of the Expendables going on. <laughs> How warm was it inside I'm, the Quonset hut during this scene? Was it that bad or it not? It was bad? so hot. Not only was it just not a joke. It was so hot. How hot was it? It was so hot that the camera went down. They had to take the cameras out because one of the cameras went down shooting this because it was so hot in there. Because it just, it's metal, so it holds on to the heat, and it, get, it gets so hot in there. So, um, and this was another thing, because we, we couldn't figure out where to shoot the bar, because we didn't really have anything, and we didn't want to go on location, and um, we didn't really have a set on, that we could dress, you know, on the stages. And so this was really an inspired decision by our art director, um, Rasen. Um, and it just looks great. It looks dirty and dingy and crappy and really great. 
Uh, and and this is really uh, Akshay coming into his own as Jet. You know, he's helpful. He means well. He's funny. I mean, you know, it's really, I think now we get to really see why Steve and I wanted to bring Jet back so much and, and, mm-hmm. and, and what our plans are for him this season. I just love their dynamic, Oliver and Akshay. They're fantastic together. And I, I, you know, last season we had a drinking game. Every time somebody would say Jack's Joe, it came out of Manu Bennett going like in 112 saying Jack's Joe like 20 times, right? <laughs> but in this episode, every time somebody says, shut up, Jet. <laughs> so whenever somebody says, shut up, Jet, it's time for a drink. It could be Tang. It doesn't have to be a vodka. Do they even make Tang anymore? Or high C. Now we're talking about the, um, the you know, the dorm room's got a makeover by our art directors. They look a little better this season. Still, you know, not, not, not my favorite set, but really big, big improvement over what we saw last season. Hmm. They put down some carpet. The floor's not creaking. So it helps with the sound. So from our perspective as producers, we like this set a lot better just because it photographs a little better. It certainly sounds a lot better. But not, uh, you know, we, you know, not, 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 not somewhere where I want to spend too much of the episode. Although, ironically, we end up having to rewrite a bunch of scenes in this episode for the dorm room. So I think you, you know, think? college dorm rooms overall are really not that great. That's true. Rooms, you know, I think it's this is at least a realistic room. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Nothing's changed in two hundred years. One of my favorite shots. That's beautiful. I love this shot. Again, Bria just hitting it out of the park and the performances in this scene are just so wonderful. There's another great set. They're really good with like a lot of like the detail in the background of all this, like this prop stuff they find, you know, and this is another thing. Where was Greg's lab? Originally Greg's lab was going to be in the same Quonset hut where the bar was. And after the cameras started going down, we realized we cannot do Greg's lab there because it's too hot, it's too uncomfortable. The crew is going to start passing out, and certainly if the cameras couldn't take the heat. Um, and so we ended up, like, on a day's notice, um, having to move the set, and then Rossin put this together, and it's great. You know, I mean, it's, it's exactly what it should look like. Rundown, sort of jerry-rigged kind of, you know, lab that Greg has put together on Las Venus. Up, oh, I know that guy. Now, Spoiler let's alert, talk I, about I, I, <laughs> let's talk about this scene a little bit without saying too much. Look, we had an actor issue uh, originally for this scene. So the day morning, we had an actor who didn't show up who was originally in the scene. Uh, so we had to rewrite the scene. I, I wouldn't even say an hour before we shot it, ten minutes before we shot it, and. Um, the great thing is, is that they were all so game, and um, we brought uh, Collins into the. Wrote, Collins wasn't originally supposed to be in the scene, um, and uh, and it's great, and it's so much better. So it's another one of those happy accidents. But Steve and I were just scrambling to read this first to figure it out, and then to write it, and then to to, to get yeah, it to the. Very, actors. it was very collaborative. Make, everyone, they we all worked together, why. and they were all, everyone was happy with it. And just any aspiring actors out there, do not uh, not show up to set uh, in your time and, and don't drink. 
and act. Um, you know, uh, the uh, the wonderful thing too is, you know, Dino Collins. Any more, any additional screen time we could give him was welcome because he's just so wonderful. And it was Steve's idea to bring him back for this episode. And I'd heard wonderful things about Dino, but I'd never met him because I wasn't around when we shot 103. And uh, he is just so such a great guy, such a consummate actor, but uh, just he has such an energy and a charisma about him that you can't help but love this guy. And he was really, it was really great having him on uh, on set. Yeah, the cast and crew were all, everyone was very and happy. And group of people too, to we, down and we called them all over and said, look, we have an actor issue. They didn't make, uh, they didn't come to, you know, uh, we got to rewrite the scene. Dino's going to be doing it. They all were thrilled. Nobody had a problem. You know, they rolled with the punches. And of course, um, what was great, everybody had a few great ad-libs too. I mean, uh, um, you know, Shay threw in that big grizzly bear line and then Dino added the line about you want to make some memories right now. So it was really a great collaborative, fun uh, moment. And I was asked to go in the guard tower. He, he, he's no good to us dead. That was definitely yes. a reference to Empire Strikes Back. Of course. Um, and Ben continues to kill it right here. Amazing. And this is, this is you know, look, you just can't say enough good things about Ben. Uh, you know, I think every week on the podcast, we're always talking about what a gift <laughs> he is to the show. But, you know, you'll see... Um, you know, not only is he a great actor, but you know, he did all his own stunts. He, he's never, you know, a lot of the reason we write all this action scenes and the fights for him is because he can do all this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Although I will say that for all this topless stuff, Ben did not eat for a while. We had gone out for Priscilla's birthday a couple of days before we shot this, <laughs> and um, uh, Ben would not eat anything except steak. You know, he couldn't have any carbs. I ended up buying him a second steak. He was so hungry. I said, Look, mm -hmm. do you want more steak? And he liked it. He felt bad. He didn't want me to buy him another steak because they were expensive. So when he went to the bathroom, I ordered another steak. He was so appreciative. Mm. <laughs> There's a little CGI on his chest, no. just a little bit. No, <laughs> this is no. This is no, uh, it's all real. That's all. This real. is Cass Cassie, who's just we're so lucky to have her, who just happened to be in uh, Sophie at the time. And I love it because it reminds me of uh, in Buffy at the um, at the bronze every week there was a new. <laughs> And, you know, band plan. And I would love to have done more of this. We just didn't have actors who could perform there. You know, we didn't mm -hmm. have American or British uh, singers, but it's it just so great. And her songs, we have two of her songs in this episode. They're both wonderful, very talented. Aleka's costume. And I remember I when we, we, we learned she was going to be in town, her and I, uh, uh, Bria and I were sitting and we heard, and, we, and, and, you know, do we want to use one of her songs? And we said, not only do we want to use one of her songs, we want to use her. And she was so thrilled. And then here's Hamilton, which is a great introduction for her character. And what I love about what Vakash does here is this is all unscripted. He comes up with this little like um, uh, affectation for like, you know, the proper way to, to, to you know, to greet a, um, a Sumi. He does this little heel click and bow and it's just so true to his character you know the first contact guy who knows understands etiquette protocol and um i love the i, I love it. it's such a little thing but it, this was all him adding this bit mm -hmm. and i know the editor at one point cut it out i was like no 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 put, put that back <laughs> it's great you know 
Was he always scripted to come up with the box? Yeah, what's in the box, Mark? What's in the box? <laughs> Nothing's in the box. He was going to uh, bring a gift. So it's just another a gift that he's bringing because, you know, it's her bachelorette party. Yeah. But she's about to get married to, uh, you know. Uh, Prince Oren. Prince Oren. Now, here we are back at the beginning. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. Those collars that they're wearing, originally we had these really cool metal collars that had been made by the prop master. And, unfortunately, our, our stunt choreographer, you know, we can't wear these because during the fight they could potentially um, inhibit the breathing of the, uh, of the actors. Mm. Um, and so um, we had to change them at the last second. So they became these sort of neon collars. And again, there was a danger of feeling too Buck Rogers, but I, I think it's okay. I don't think they ever call that much attention to themselves. Also more credit for Ben is like, you know, it's tough wearing those contacts all day. And it's, he doesn't exactly see like we do. And it's a little more difficult to see and to actually do a choreographed fight. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he He's really know everything exactly, you know. This was another big Mark, you were there overnight for this one. So what was, uh, what was it, what was it like uh, being there to watch all this all, all night? This was great. This was our first full night shoot. We'd done splits. But this is our first full night shoot of the season. But there was such a good energy and fun. Uh, people were really enjoying it. I mean, the actors were enjoying themselves. We, we never left this uh, one area where we were shooting this arena. It was the whole night. So there was no company moves. The weather was nice. Um, it was a very pleasant evening for all of us. And then see, we see the crowd is virtual. He turned off the crowd, you know, this is all being broadcast on the dark stream. And this character's name is Triscalian. For anyone who's an original Star Trek fan, of course, you know, the illusion. It's uh, a reference to the episode Gamesters of Triscalian, where Kirk, Ahura and Chekhov are uh, put in mortal combat against a bunch of alien fighters. And the planet was Triscalian in that. This was actually a great network note. I know a lot of people, you know, don't want to give credit to the network, but we are very lucky in that we have a group of people at the network who are huge, huge uh, supporters of the show and very invested. So they always have, a, I remember they said during the scene, they said to Steve and I, um, what could you do to up the stakes even more? And that's when Steve and I added Salazan. Salazan wasn't originally in the scene and like, okay, you know, we know exactly what we can do. We can add Salzan, you know, to the to the mix. And they love that. We love that. And it all came because the network was pushing us to just up the stakes even more. And so, you know, credit, I have to credit them. You know, I often have some really great and notes that are, are um, helpful to the show as opposed to, you know, being at odds with what we want to do. They're very, very supportive. So we've been very, very lucky. You know, it's not always, I can tell you, a lot of shows that Steve and I have been on where the networks have been a hindrance, but this is a show where we've been very lucky to have some very smart executives who have, have really great notes. So funny. Mark, this here's green... a... you found, Mark. Yeah, this is the same place we shot 204, but, it, you know, it's such a huge, sprawling, it's the King's Palace that... Uh, you wouldn't know. And we got, you know, more bang for our buck uh, by shooting both episodes there. And, uh, but it looks like green screen, but we're really on location. So, hmm. um, 
you know, it's really challenging because the Sumi were a race that we had talked about for uh, last season a lot, and uh, we never saw them. So this is the first time we're actually seeing them, and obviously to create a whole alien culture, uh, what they look like, how they talk, what they do, it's very challenging. I mean, hairstyles, costumes, um, you know, particularly when you don't have any money. I mean, literally no money, you know, to, to, to do that. Um, we were midway in through the season, you know, hair and makeup and wardrobe and, you know, everybody was, you know, basically had no money. And uh, I'm really happy with what we up with. And of course, the Sumi are based on an alien villain from uh, uh, short stories I used to write as a kid. Uh, back when uh, I had a bunch of friends in junior high school, we used to write these uh, sci-fi adventure stories. And... Uh, me were the villain so it's hmm. a kick for me to uh resurrect them on television are we gonna have a live reading of some of those short stories sometime mark i don't know we used to, <laughs> you know, we used to do radio dramas with them actually hey, awesome. as, as kids i still have some of them on cassette wow. the galactic club uh, of science fiction adventures that's me and um the sumi were the the villains uh in that and uh and uh so i was able to resurrect them for uh for uh, pandora which I, my friends from uh, the, the Galactic Club back in the day, it was kind of, we were kind of like the Stranger Things kids. And uh, this is back in middle school and elementary school. You tell them all to watch this one? You tell them, did you tell I, them to watch I, this well, one? Well, uh, one watches it every week. He loves the show. And then the, my, other friend, my other friend from the Galactic Club uh, back in the day, I don't know, I've told him to watch it. I don't know if he does. Season three of the Galactic Club episode. There we go. <laughs> But it was funny. I, 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 I look, at, look how good John is in this. And it, this all goes back to um, that wonderful look. Whatever you think of the first episode, there's this wonderful scene between Raylan and, um, uh, uh, and John at the top of the, 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 the new Portland colony where they're talking. And they, they just sort of egg each other on because they're both competing for Jack's and they're giving each other shit. And you could see that even though these guys were very mean to each other, they really cared about each other. They had this very easy relationship. And it's a shame that we didn't have John for longer because that would have been something really cool to explore. And this scene sort of goes back to that, that even though these guys are always sort of fighting and feuding, they really care about each other. And, and that really comes across in that scene. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and here's the King's Palace in Sophia. I mean, in Sumi. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's the first time I saw that shot. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful crafty apes shot. Um, and this is just a beautiful, um, also the color timing by our wonderful colorist, um, Darren, who um, really is so invested in the show and just has really, again, every aspect of the show this season, color, sound design, writing, everything has just been elevated this season. Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. Time is part of it. Certainly not money, but um, but uh, just um, also us, Steve and I understanding the show better and what works, what doesn't. You know, the, the crew being uh, more understanding about what we're trying to accomplish and having had the experience of working together, the actors, just uh, it's just a huge leap forward in terms of uh, the, 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 the show this season. 
And it's interesting because um, I know that um, Priscilla and, and Ben were very, Ben, Priscilla and Oliver were very concerned about, you know, how far she goes with um, Priscilla, Princess Aleka because she didn't want a sense, since there was no closure with Xander to, to, to have her go too far with Aleka and I'd be cheating on Xander, you know, despite the fact they've kind of broken up, but they haven't. And, uh, you know, it was a fine line to walk here in this relationship, not because she would be avoiding a, a relationship with another woman. I mean, obviously she's, she's had many relationships with other women, including Cordelia. Um, and I think she genuinely really cares for um, uh, um, Princess Aleka. But I think she's also, one of the things she does is she respects Princess Aleka so much because they're so similar. They have a lot of the same passions and concerns about the universe. Um, by the way, we've never left virtual reality the same way. Every time it's a different special effect. So <laughs> is that right? hopefully no. one of these days we'll actually uh, do, 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 bring some consistency to that. It's like how everyone has different phones. Everyone has a different way to get in and out of VR in this world. Yeah, it's like every time we leave VR, it's like never been the same. Yeah. But I think, too, what's great about them not getting together in the show is that it, it continues to build the tension. You know, it's that anticipation. It's that, like, will they, won't they dynamic. And I completely it, agree, you know. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, the time is not right for them. It doesn't yeah. mean the time won't be right for them in the future. Um, because, obviously, you know, she's about to get married to this prince that, you know, is just a arranged marriage kind of thing and one of three wives. And, you know, she wants to... Um, you know, basically uh, bring equality to uh, Sumi. I mean, she, she, I mean, look, it's a thinly veiled version of Saudi Arabia, basically, mm -hmm. is the Sumi. Um, she wants women to have the same rights as, uh, as, as men. And this whole idea of, of, of multiple wives and all that stuff, it's like she wants to change things. And, and I think Jax uh, admires and respects that about her because it's, uh, now, this, this was always something that we came up with very early. This was a writer's room thing. Wouldn't it be funny if, if, they, if all her exes drunk dialed her, you know? And, and for a while, the scene did not work as well as it should have. We thought this was such a slam dunk. How could this not be funny? But eventually it got there, and I think it is very funny. Because there's a danger when people are drunk of, like, Playing over, playing it too much, or getting too big or too goofy, but um, but it ultimately, I think, landed in a good place. But obviously, that's for you as the audience to decide. But I, I think it's so cute that you you have all these people who dated her who are you know calling her now. It was tough for Priscilla because, of course, she's doing the scene without anything to play against. Mm -hmm. Although I have to give Oliver and John credit. I believe they were on set that day for some other stuff, and they came over and read the lines off camera for her. Isn't that right, Steve? Steve? They, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for this. Oh No, no, not this, but I'm talking about for, for Priscilla's part of the call. So anyway, you know, it, but this was, this was tough, but I, it ended up being a, a nice – little scene and, and and funny i just i love oliver's like puppy dog eyes there they're just fantastic it's so funny 
Definitely. And you can see <laughs> the way they all look at her differently. They, they yep. all look at her through different eyes. And of course, the real winner is Princess Lega. And Dolph Lundgren, the bartender, gets to watch all this. And Dolph Lots Lundgren. Of That's great when he gives them the weird the, the eye shade. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting. This is actually the king's royal palace in Sofia. And like I said, like Bria said in 204, it, it, surprisingly, you would think the location guy would come up with this idea. But it was actually my idea because I had done a bunch of research on Sofia before I I, uh, I came back this year and looked at like cool places in Sofia. And this was one of the places that was on the, 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 the page that I Googled. And uh, so when we couldn't find anything, I said hey, I, I read about this place. And, you know, what about there? And uh, and at first, they're like, what are you talking about? And I explained it. And if I'm in the King's Palace, I said, I don't know if that's what I mean. You tell me. <laughs> and, uh, that's what it turned out to be. And obviously, it's beautiful. And we got a lot of production value out of it. It adds such an exotic, otherworldly quality. And it's right next door. Now, all this would have been different had we been at Euphoria 3. Yeah. Uh, this beautiful, beachy gorgeous resort i mean it would have been in fact the, the, the title of this episode is kind of a holdover that on a night like this because of course they would be by the ocean and the, under a starlit sky and instead of in the hallways of the campus but this is the nature of uh you know doing television now this sumi language is just amazing <laughs> and uh i have to say you know, we recorded originally in English and we decided it would be cooler and more um, alien, you know, help sell the Sumi as an alien culture if we had done it. It's kind of what happened in Star Trek, the motion picture where mm -hmm. they shot the Vulcans in English and then decided they wanted to do it in Vulcan. So um, we called in an expert on alien languages, uh, Mr. Darren Dockerman, for those of you who know him. Uh, Darren is a huge Star Trek expert, one of the hosts of Inglorious Trexperts. Uh, he's a conceptual designer, a sci-fi uh, nut, and he uh, he helped, not helped, he did. He created the Sumi language for us, and we're forever grateful. It was uh, terrific. He was our Mark Okrand. I think it adds so much to the scene. It, he really oh, did a fantastic job. It does. It just didn't play as well. Mm -hmm. And you'll see in this next scene, you know, when he comes back, it's much more menacing and it's just, it's cooler. Yeah. He did a great job. And he also you know, incorporates like the English words that, are, you know, like Pandora, or whatever into the language. That's mm -hmm. a good job. And here Dino again, just, just a real consummate pro and really took all this very seriously and puts a lot of preparation into it. And I, I, you know, you love that when an actor uh, shows up on set prepared and, 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 treats it with this, uh, you know, serious, you know, you know, not that they can't have a good time when they're there, but just that they treat this as, uh, you know, as something serious. And, uh, you know, he comes in putting a lot of thought into how he's going to play things. I mean, I remember he, he was down a set a couple hours before we shot the scene. It was like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? You know, we're not shooting for a while. He goes, no, I'm just trying to get a hold of the set and figure out, um, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And, you know, get you know and he was just doing his research which which you gotta love because you know oliver's like that too and, and um ben you know it's it's really it's really nice and very 
you know, we're, uh, given the schedule that we're on, where there's not a lot of rehearsal, there's not a lot of time to run the scene many times. It's like you really are so grateful to an actor who does their preparation. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff. This all goes back to episode three of last year where the two of them went after, went after each other. Yeah, because, of course, you know, when you're on Riodon, you become a screaming racist and uh, maybe, you know, turns you into a Trump supporter. But basically it, uh, you know, they hate Zetarians. And, uh, you know, the fact that, he, you know, now he's off the drug, he can admit that he was acting like a ridiculous, you know. Um, and it's really nice when he comes to Raylan and, and um, basically uh, apologizes. apologizes. You know, yeah. It's a lot of heart. It's always nice to have the the cast have a positive interaction with the the guest cast. So Collins is going to be okay, or is he? We'll find out. Yeah, and Collins is another character I'd like to see again. I again, we I think we're so fond of Dino, and uh, you know he's he's so good to have. It's it's he's he's having some success in his career, which is great. But he loves to come play with us, which is terrific. Uh, when I arrived in Sofia, those two guys were pretty banged up after their fight. You know, they, that, you know, what you see is just one take, but they, those guys did it over and over again. And, you know, they put everything into it. They wanted that fight they to be the best. They were feeling it. They, they were wanted, definitely yeah, they feeling wanted it. to be the best. They wanted to be the best and they, they did great. Yeah. They don't want it to be second best. They want it to be the best and they'll go again, no matter how bad they're feeling. More of Darren's Sumi language. Not anymore. Yeah, I love the Sumi language. We'll be seeing more of the Sumi language this season, and uh, and the Sumi. I'd really like a, a like an action figure, please. If we could make that happen. And again, this was all going to be on an alien, a Euphoria three. And then here's my favorite, the Data Cube, which is a <laughs> replica of the the warning buoy from the Corbmite maneuver. Deep cut. It's good to see Jackson Zazzy finally coming to a re- reconciliation. We really wanted this to be a different relationship than what you have with Pilar. You know, each season you have a different roommate. And sometimes you don't really connect with that roommate, or certainly at first. And they've had a difficulty, a difficult time connecting, especially because Jax is distracted by everything else that's going on. Got a little Mission Impossible action. They got it. Got all, got the intel. Hmm. Not my favorite hologram. I like the full the full holograms, but um, but it just works fine. It I works. guess you know. Yeah. I mean, if she was standing there and you shot it, it would be in those in those sizes. And here she reveals the tattoo, which uh, very grateful to our tattoo artist, Al Rachel, who created that tattoo for us. And now we get this shocking revelation. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not sure if anybody saw that. I know Zazzy's getting a lot of love from the fans. I'm curious to see if they still love her after they find out 
what's going on here? What's that all about? <laughs> Stay tuned. Now, originally that was going to be the end of the episode, but the fight was so great that we, we in the edit, which of course, every you know, you call the edit the final rewrite. We, we it was very clear. In fact, when we were on set that night, I turned uh, to Max while we were filming this. I said, this is the ending. And, and they said, oh, no, I thought it ends with the other scene. I said, this is the ending. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to get that line into so many scripts. I finally, finally got it in. So I think, I think I was an H and X. I tried to use it. I don't think it made it into the cut. I think I used it for something else. Never, never made it. You'll probably use it again. Well, the, admit Steve and I always talk about how we're the greenest writers. We recycle. We're always recycling. <laughs> our material our deleted scenes our omitted lines stuff that worked in other other shows we, we're always bringing it back but this is great and you got to feel it i mean it, these guys i mean they took one for the team they were feeling it this was a tough night for them but never lost a smile on their face they were so happy and he then gets the, to fight and do gymnastics and uh he's just thrilled yeah, they were definitely feeling it the next day, but they were very happy with the work, and then when, and they finally saw the. Final and that's work. why the camera is on his face when he does the flip, so you can see that it's not a stunt man. Just incredible. Now I got to give credit to our editor Will and A.E. Maureen, whose idea it was to basically slow this down and use the song, use Cassie's song. It's just amazingly potent, and uh, I love this ending. And we really enjoyed having Ben on the show. So great playing, uh, you know, and we wish him good luck with whatever future opportunities he chooses to pursue. He went out strong. People will remember this. Yeah. It's a good death scene. I don't think anybody saw this coming. <laughs> And then next week's a really uh, another really good episode, I have to say. We have our first time uh, director on the show, Buddy Giovanazzo, is joining us for the first of a couple episodes, and um, it, it has a nice Firefly vibe to it, which I think people will like. And Turn of um, Eve, Roxanne McKee, and Roxanne McKee is back. Roxanne McKee and more Sumi language uh, and more Sumi. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, Peter for having us on your podcast again. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys, uh, listeners. Thanks for being here. Hope you enjoyed the show, and if you uh, enjoyed the episode, and uh, give it a nice ten star rating on IMDb or uh, anywhere you. I think it only goes episode. to five. I it only goes, it goes to, five. to well on the podcast. I meant like the actual episode gotcha. of the show. Okay, cool. Got but it. also Got give it. my podcast a nice rating too. I appreciate that. It's always and then uh, Steve will be back uh, with two hundred seven in two weeks. Yeah, uh, for a That's wonderful up. episode. And I think I'm going to be joining Tom next week for uh, 206, uh, Pay and Blood. So uh, look forward to, to, to being back. We have we have so much more to talk about. It's going to be great. With that, we'll wrap things up. Mark A. Altman, Steve Kazir, thank you so much for being here. Listeners, until next time, thanks for listening to Unboxing Pandora. And Steve, I'll see you at the mix Thursday. See you at Thursday. Okay. <laughs> thanks Bye, for listening, guys. everybody. <laughs> have a great week, guys.